Hey, welcome to Crocker and Cone. That's Eric Crocker. I'm Grant Cone, and this morning we're partying like it's 2012 because the Niners are having their 2012 reunion, uh, bringing back Tony Montana, the Tony Montana squad. That was 2011. But I got a question though: Why yeah. are they doing a reunion? I have no idea. Because remember back in the day they said they don't celebrate NFC Championship banners, but now they do. I don't know. It seems weird, right? And the timing of it is all very strange. It seems like something I wouldn't be too fond of if I were the head coach, Uh, especially going into a game like this. I just didn't understand. It's like, you know, they went, okay, they they, they were good. They they were. But honoring them, I feel like you honor like Super Bowl winning teams. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I appreciate that time. I think they were really good. But I just didn't understand, like, are we going to bring all these guys back and honor them for, for reaching what? the Super Bowl? Right, right. And especially considering we know how it – they all got shown the door two days later, because uh, two years later because they didn't right. win the Super Bowl. So now it's kind of like rewriting history. Like, hey, Jim Harbaugh, we love you. Alden Smith, we love you. Colin, is Colin Kaepernick going to come? If, hey, if you want to come, you're welcome to come. I mean – it's very, it's very interesting. It's a different move from Jed. and Because he was a villain for a long time. This sort of makes him look like the good guy. And if he could patch things up with Jim Harbaugh, that'd be very interesting. But my question to you is, does Harbaugh's presence at this game, I mean, I can only imagine the ovation he's going to get when they introduce him. Does this put more pr- uh, pressure on Kyle Shanahan this Sunday, given that the, the 49er fans are at Kyle Shanahan's neck this week? If I'm Kyle Shanahan, I don't feel the pressure. I mean, it's like, well, you ain't win nothing either. I don't even know why they're honoring y'all. So, you know, and if I'm Shanahan, at least I know, hey, we, I still have a chance. I still have a chance to redeem myself from some postseason losses. Like, yep. Jim, you can't. And you need to stop getting your ass whooped over there in Michigan when it comes to the big games and playoffs and some of those conference games. So, true. Uh, I don't feel any pressure. At least from his presence, is just like, you know, all right, like, you know, we've done the same stuff. Went to multiple NFC Championship games, the Super Bowl, we lost, you know. But right now, I think because of how long ago it was and, and, the, and the fans that love the players from that era, yeah. I think that's why you it's being made into a bigger deal. But, again, I still don't understand why the hell they bring them back. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, um, but the pressure to me, if I were Kyle Shanahan, is just knowing that he's going to get the big ovation that day. And if I lose, if he, if Kyle loses, knowing that you're probably going to get booed harder than you've ever gotten booed, and just having both of those things happen in the same place at the same time, the optics would be bad. I mean, it might be something they even play on Sports Center. You know, it's almost like having the Seahawks eat turkey on your field. It's bad. I would have. I would really want to avoid that if I were Kyle Shanahan. So that's my might be why I'd be like, "Hey, Nick Bosa, you good? Can you play this week, please, please? Hey, Jimmy Ward, can you put a can you put a cast on that and play, please? Just saying. You think there's a chance the 49 fans boo Kyle? Yes. If they lose, I'm not saying they lose. They could win this game, and in which case they will probably carry him out on their shoulders like a hero. But if they lose big, if they lose 38 to 17, something like that, I don't know. It could happen. It could happen. Do you think now you talked about the pressure that it might put on Shanahan? Yes. Do you think – I think there's a bigger question here. All yes. right, we didn't go over this before we started recording, but – Sure. Does Jim Harbaugh's presence put pressure on Jed York? Yes, I knew you were going to say it. Yes, yes, it does. But at the same time, maybe Jed looks at it this way. Maybe he's like, you know what, I'm a little disappointed with Kyle, but I'm also scared to, to move away from Kyle because I don't know who, who to go to. And I, fans might really turn on me. Well, not if he gets Harbaugh. 
Everyone loves Harbaugh. I put out a poll yesterday. Who would you rather have coaching the team, Harbaugh and Fangio or Shanahan and Ryans? It was close, but most Niner fans that follow me said Harbaugh and Fangio. I mean, it would be kind of popular. They've won two. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like a legit option for Jed if he can pull it off. Now, I don't know if, if Harbaugh's into it. I mean, can you imagine how much butt Jed would have to kiss to make that happen? Like how much money he would, not butt, it would have to be money. It would have to be so much freaking money. I just don't know if he would do it. I don't know if he should either. Like you said, he didn't win a Super Bowl. What are you really bringing back? A guy who hasn't been in the league in 10 years? But I'd say you also didn't see the lows. And that's no. tough too. Because if I'm thinking of the Dallas Cowboys, why are the Dallas Cowboys the biggest brand, brand in the world? Why do they make the most money in the world? And I say in the world, I don't know. I know in America they do. I know the soccer is big in other places. But just they are the most polarizing sports franchise. And they ain't won nothing since 90. They ain't been to a championship game. They love to be able to celebrate uh, bringing back yeah. some guys because, oh, man, 2012, 13, uh, 11, 12, 13, we were in the NFC championship game. We went to a Super Bowl, and we done it again. They ain't had that type of success. But mm-hmm. as long as you just don't have a whole lot of lows, I think it still keeps everybody engaged. And yeah. one thing that the 49ers had with, with Jim Harbaugh was there were not those lows outside the very last year where everybody knew there's a lot of weird stuff going on right now with this team, whether it was all the injuries, which they had a ton of injuries at last year in mm. 2014 14, season. They did. And then before the season, the talks about potentially trading uh, Jim Harbaugh to the Browns. I remember hearing that. That was like my That's senior right. year of college. I'm like, this sounds crazy. All right, whatever. But I think yeah. it might've been true because he got fired yeah. a year later. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think all of those things, uh, you didn't have the lows. And your lowest, lowest, lowest moment was 8-8 and in a really weird season. So if Jay York, let's let's say that if York would have just stayed out the way, would that season have gone 8-8? and Because I think the players, everybody felt the tension between the coach, the owner, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything that was going on. Maybe if Jed d- does what he does now, right? You don't hear Jed talk really. He stays away. He's out the mix. He's out the way. You don't see him in press conferences. None of that. Would that season have still been 8-8? Eight eight, or would they have gotten more out of it because everybody's so engaged? I think everybody was done. I think that last year, I think I think Harbaugh was done. I think everybody was just like, yeah. right, we're done with this. They were still 7-5 and five at one point. And I think that here, here's why I think the optics are going to be so weird this Sunday. Because everyone still feels like Harbaugh was fired um, and it wasn't. Wrong, wrongfully terminated. He was wrongfully terminated. He had a, he had like a seven a seventy five percent winning percentage. He never had a losing season. And when he steps on that field, it's gonna feel like it's his team again. He's gonna be wearing Niner stuff. People are gonna give him a king's ovation. It's gonna feel like it's his team and like it always should have been his. It's gonna be like the Gruden thing with the Raiders. They got rid of Gruden and he was a winner and they never really replaced him. They had a bunch of guys who kind of fumbled the opportunity. And while Kyle's done some good things, he's still under 500. And if he loses this weekend, it's just gonna feel like it's, you know, a lot of people are gonna feel nostalgic, is what I'm saying. They're gonna feel nostalgic for the good old days and they're gonna forget the bad parts of Harbaugh. Yeah, and at some point yeah. you got to feel that, right? Like no matter how you feel about somebody, and I think that's what's going on right now with Jay York on Kyle Shanahan. Man, you can really like a guy, but at the end of the day, the results are the results. And right now, we're talking about year six and under five hundred as a coach. That's not ideal. Yeah, and from Jed's perspective, maybe he's feeling nostalgia for the Harbaugh years. And a lot, ten years have passed. Maybe the uh, the bitter resentment between them is gone. And if they can like kiss and make up in front of all Niner fans, I mean, that would be quite an image, too. I, I would really be nervous if I were Kyle. If I see Jed and Harbaugh, like, shaking hands, and I was like, uh-oh. 
uh-oh, I better win today. And they may, they just might. So we'll see. A lot of people have talked about the these coaches in the sense of, oh, man, Kyle Shanahan, he had to rebuild a team and tear it down. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, he took took over this, just this amazing team that everybody mm-hmm. wanted. And I'm like, do y'all remember 2010, 2009, 2010? Yeah. Because that's not exactly what the conversation was surrounding the 49ers. Uh-huh. They were viewed closer to the 2017 team, like maybe a little bit better. But yeah. I think we see what a lot of these guys have become, right? You see what Patrick Willis has become. And he was good then. Like, so, I mean, that's an outlier, right? You, you had him. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they had a the few players that were, like, really good. But nobody wanted Alex Smith back. I remember. No, I'm a diehard fan. And I was like, there was why no are they market. bringing Alex Smith back? He's supposed to be going. Get rid of mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and nobody was looking at Deshaun Goldson and Brooks and all these other guys. Like, oh, man, these guys are just going to be so amazing. But, no one wanted go, no one wanted uh, Whitner or or uh, Carlos Rogers. No one wanted right. Him. Yeah. The, the thing to me was, and when people start talking about the better coach, right? That's a conversation yeah. that's going on. So I'm just chiming in. Who gets the most out of their players every single time they step on the field? And I thought Harbaugh did a damn good job. However, he did it. Whatever tactics he used, I, I hear you know a little quirky guy, but man, he got the most out of those guys. So yeah, when he shows up. And he, and he coaches the way he does, and he brings those guys along. Now, all of a sudden, you're hella good. When you're hella good, what happens? More all-pro players, more Pro Bowl players. You get a lot more light. But I guess you can say, oh, he inherited his team. But I think, okay, I'm just going to take what I have, and I'm going to make the best of it. And he did that to the highest level. Okay, let's. this is a subtopic, and then we're going to get to your questions in a minute. I think the main reason you could point to why Jim Harbaugh has sustained success, never had a losing season, and... Kyle's had wild ups and downs, his injuries. Kyle can't keep his team healthy. When healthy, the Niners are a juggernaut with Kyle Shanahan, but they're healthy very infrequently. Whereas with Harbaugh, his best players were usually healthy. Colin right. Kaepernick, I mean, they, Vernon Davis, Frank Gore, they were usually out there. And my question to you is, should Shanahan be res- held responsible for this uh, injury pattern, which is just year after year after year? Or not? What do you think? I think at some point you have to look at what you are doing because this is a, a reoccurring theme. Yep. And it seems like it's happened since the last year that Harbaugh was there, right? 2014, right. He, he lost a lot of guys. And yep. since then, it's just terrible. And, you know, it sucks. I remember, you know, before the Falcons game, I see that tweet about they got this, like, bus tweet or whatever, and they're ranking the team's, you know, healthiest to, you know, least healthiest or whatever. And the 49ers dead last. And that was before Traverius Ward. That was before yeah. Ufunga. That was yeah. before uh, Ed yeah. Ucam, right? Like that and that was the same story like, two years ago, right? Two years ago. They were the number one most injured team. It's like, again? Right. So yeah. how is this a reoccurring theme? A couple of years ago, we did have, dang, it feels like a couple of years ago. Maybe it was a year ago. However long ago it was, we had Will Blackman on, and we all talked to Will and asked him questions about preparation. And he talked about how Seattle, how much better they were than other teams at uh, the way that they prepared and take you know taking care of the body and paying attention to that and how Pete Carroll like it started with him and and kind of that whole thing. Well, I got to go back and get that, but we were all on there. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. We're, I do. Yeah, we're, how we're, good they were. How, that's what yeah. the, the player was saying. He was so impressed at like how proactive they are at keeping people healthy. Yeah, and maybe yes. Will Black. Maybe right? the Forty ers coaching staff needs to get a little bit more involved yeah. in the sense of. Uh, taking the initiative to make sure that they're not doing anything to put any more stress on their players' limbs. 
it seems like it. I mean, here's why I'm discouraged with Kyle on this issue. Someone asked a question at the press conference yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. It was it was a TV person asking kind of like a just a not a particularly pointed question. Like, how do you emotionally take all these injuries? It just it it never stops. Like, how do you handle it? And he said, you know, I'm pretty hardened to it at this point. You know, like I've kind of like I I could take it almost like you said I could take it in stride. It happens so much it doesn't really affect me like that. To me, like I understand what he's trying to say, but what you're saying is, I mean, it's part of football. It's going to keep happening. I'm not. I have there's nothing I can do. It's good, and that's not what I want to hear. What he needs to say is, yeah, I mean, the more it happens, the more sensitive I am to it, and the more I want to fix it. But I, that would put the target on his back, and he can't fix it. I don't know. Yeah, but again, you're the head man, so at at some point, you're going to take responsibility yeah. for it whether you go out and do it and figure it out or if you get fired because well my record continues to be under 500 and how much longer can you kind of parade that type of winning percentage regardless of if we understand the context of it we understand not having that guy at quarterback uh, consistently or healthy enough but you got to take some accountability just for like the play calling with trey lance and i heard his comments on that and well have you watched football well, everybody does it. Everybody does this and that. And it's like, not the way you're doing it. <laughs> so Exactly. Uh, and, and, like, and like there has to be yeah. some level of accountability that he takes for uh the way that some of these injuries are happening. Not all also, of them, but you know, just I agree. Overall. But I, also, I just don't feel like they value availability and durability. Like for example, they traded DeForest Buckner for Javon Kinlaw. I mean, they Kinlaw had the red flag at the combine, and Buckner had shown that he was durable in the NFL, and they were like it's cool. One for, let's do it. One for one. That just shows you that they're not valuing that particular trait, availability, durability. That's on them. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's an organizational decision and it's gotten, it's gotten them burned. I'm sorry. So I don't know. Um, I think it is on him. And if he does get fired, it's going to be because of this, not because of the, I mean, yeah, he never got the quarterback, but still with Jimmy, they win a lot. I mean, if he could just keep the team healthy, they would be having 10, 11 win seasons every year and they wouldn't be talking about getting fired. But he can't. He can't. That's, that's a big problem, man. Right. Especially when other other coaches can, other teams can. Harbaugh did. And that's, and that's why, why people are going to... Sorry, go ahead. That's my thing that I look to, and not just with the injuries, but I think everything that's going on, whether it's the lack of points being scored and all those things always point to, well, these other teams are scoring points. Like, why why can't you? You know, and But that's a whole other topic. Eagles scoring points, you know what I'm saying? Weird. I'll right, take some questions, then we'll get to uh, our game preview. Rod Simmons Real says, quick, "Should you we mention the Eagles?" And I, I haven't heard anybody. Maybe they have, but the whoever their head coach is, <laughs> I can't even think of it. Soriano or something. Sirianni, Sirianni, Nick Sirianni. Sirianni. Okay, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> is he some offensive genius now that he's getting the most out of Hurts? Like, is that what it takes? I, I mean, but I, Kyle, you can't. I mean, I don't, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. I don't know. It seems to me that the most important – okay, if we're talking about coaches here, the most important skill is the ability to evaluate quarterbacks and uh, develop quarterbacks. I don't care about your scheme. Your running game, we'll work that out. Can you, eval- can you pick the quarterback? Can you develop the quarterback? Very few people can do that. Very few. It's very hard. And it seems like Sirianni might be one of them. Well, I think this because, again, when we talk about evaluating the quarterback, that wasn't Sirianni's quarterback. True. Right, like he wasn't there when Hurts. Howie was Roseman picked that guy. Good right. For so it's really more so about can you put your quarterback in an advantageous situation for him? Yep. And 
And that might be even bigger than the actual talent and whatnot. Because yeah. I thought Jalen Hurts was a running back coming out of yep. when he was at Alabama. Yep. I'm like, this dude's a running back. Right? Exactly. And we yep. see him now, and it's like, damn, top five quarterback in the league. At least that's what it looks like. That's how he's playing, right? At a high but level. But he's improved so and much. He has improved a lot, but it's not like he's improved. Like, if you just watch the games, it's not anything eye popping or like special. It's just doing the right things. Yes. Oh, you know what I'm saying? He just seems right more confident things, as a thrower. Make some plays off script, make yeah. some plays with my legs, and then just do the right thing a little bit more. And just yeah. continually stack doing the right thing. But it's not yeah. like, oh my gosh, look at this amazing throw. So when we yeah. talk about evaluating like the quarterback, I really think it's just more so of, let me make sure I put my quarterback in a situation to where whatever his skill set is, he can yeah. win. And right now, Soriani, is that his name? Sirianni. Sirianni is doing that better <laughs> than Kyle. No question. No question. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they have weapons over there in Philly, but they got weapons here too. I don't really see the excuse right now. But anyway, let's answer some questions and then we'll get to our back to our show. Rod Simmons says, shouldn't we be trying to save Verrett for closer to the second half of the season in hopes for him making it uh, healthy for a playoff run? I mean, yeah, but it seems to me that – here's my question. If the Niners had won last week in Atlanta, would they be – would Bosa and and Jimmy Ward and, and, and Verrett be uh, potentially playing this week against the Chiefs? Or is this kind of a desperation move? No, I think they would. I mean, th these were conversations that were popping up before Good. the game. So, Good. you know, they did have Nick Good. Bosa. He was practicing. And maybe they felt like they could get through the Atlanta game without those go. guys and still win. And, but they and were all maybe, gearing up to this game. They were, it was always yeah, gearing up to this game. but I think they were going to yeah. be playing in this game no matter what. Yeah, of course. Uh, Desmond LaFleur says, do you think Kyle Shanahan will ever use Jordan Mason? Eventually he'll have to. Yeah, but, I mean, I... It's discouraging. I don't know... I haven't really seen him. I mean, yeah, we watched him in preseason. It's like, okay, you can tote the rock a little bit, but I haven't seen anything to where it's like, oh, man, I got to run him. Like, you know, I got to have him on the field because he does this so much better than these other guys. Now, maybe he does, and maybe he just needs an opportunity, but I think to the extent of how I hear a lot of fans talk about him, I haven't, I haven't seen that version of a back just yet. Well, we've only seen one carry, <laughs> but right. yeah, I, now, I, I really haven't seen much of him anyway. I just like the way he seems difficult to tackle and he seems decisive, but I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. I call GTC him Jeff Wilson Jr. He reminds me a lot of Jeff, Jeff Wilson, Wilson Jr. 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 Jeff Wilson Jr. Jr. Yeah, like Jeff Wilson Jr. The third. There we go. <laughs> the third. GTC Real says, this is blasphemous. How dare y'all crap on Harbs? Wait till Kyle gets his 2029 Super Bowl runner-up reunion. That's going to be fun. <laughs> I think that's going to be super fun. Yeah, I, I, I got okay. it. J JC says, what is the schedule for the Cone Phone Show? It's Saturday mornings when I'm not on the road. So I was on the road the last two weekends. I'll do it this weekend, I promise. Nee says, did you see Tart's comments about injuries? Eagles practices were eye-opening, much lighter, more focused on recovery than Niners banging every day. Huh. Interesting. I always thought the Niners... When the player speaks out, there's, there's something to that. Yeah, Tart <laughs> you know, would know. That's Tart how he know. feels about how, how it was. Tart would know. Anyway... He would um, know. Yeah, Especially he if he comes out and up. says it, then that means yep. he, he feels pretty strongly about it. Oof, that's not good. Uh, hey, Kyle maybe that's is... the difference between Sirianni and <laughs> There you go. Kyle. There you go. Uh, Josh says, can you guys speak to which uh, to what the Lynch-Harbaugh relationship would be and if it would work? Lynch-Harbaugh. Boy, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I think it would it would work well because they're so opposite. Right? Like, no matter what, John Lynch is – and I think – I think it would be similar to what we see right now. Because John, yeah. John Lynch is a people pleaser. right? He's going to make yeah. sure he says all the right things and do all these. Yeah. He's not going to go against, and again, Kyle, uh, not Kyle, but 
Harbaugh, he's weird, right? He's like quirky. That's the word that yes. people like to use. Yes. He's, he's yes. a quirky guy. He's eccentric. He's, he's eccentric. Yeah. He's different. But yeah. as long as you're not this hard ass, like you, you won't butt heads with him, right? Like what we saw with um, uh, Trent, Trent Balky. You know, yep. it was like, it was too much of, I want to be the guy, I want to be the man. Where I don't think John Lynch cares about being the guy. I don't think John Lynch cares about being the man. I think he's just about uh, right. trying to build a winning culture. So I think those two guys actually would work well together. Also, I feel like Harbaugh and Lynch would have a mutual respect. They played together. They were both, you know, Pro Bowl players in the same era. Now, Lynch yeah. was a lot better. But I don't think Harbaugh could ever really respect Trent Balky. Like, who are you? It's different with... <laughs> It's different with Lynch. And Lynch I think <laughs> Why also do they call Trent, you coach? Right. Also with, with Balky, he was always giving play like he would give players who to the, uh, the coaching staff that didn't fit their scheme. Like like Tank Carradine. I remember that. And, and Fangio was just like, what? I, I run a 3-4. What are you doing here? And like, oh, it's cool. He'll be the, just put 20 pounds on him. He'll be a three tech. Like, what are you talking about? He would do that stuff all the time. Whereas Lynch is just like, tell me what you want. I'm not trying to be in a competition with you. I'm not an expert at this. Like what I want to give the coaches what they want. And that's what he does with Kyle. So I mean, right. it could work. It could work. Uh, a couple more and then we'll get to our game preview, which I, I'm really interested to hear what Eric says. I haven't asked him yet. Jed parading Jed parading potential replacements, humble Kyle Shanahan. I don't know, man. It just might bring out the best in him this, this week. That's a good one. <laughs> It might. Jason says, trade Kyle Shanahan. We should be putting up 30 points every week with these weapons. Promote D'Amico Ryans. Keep the D strong and get a young OC that can score points. I don't know if Man. they should be scoring 30 every week, but I know they should be scoring more than 14. Hell yeah. And, and look, and, they're not going to trade Kyle issue. midseason, but I understand. These are, these are the, the options that you could think about as the season goes on. Miguel says, and I, saw someone, I saw someone say, like, Oh, uh, you know, everybody, the sky is falling. And it's like, no, they're, yeah, they're three and three, but it's like, why are they three and three? Right. And it's because of the offense, which is your right. baby, Kyle. And they yeah. just can't score points. Like yeah. you, it took the best defense since 2000 in those mm -hmm. wins. Like your yes. defense had to be that good. <laughs> yes, Or you did. probably weren't going to walk away with a W. Like that's tough that's right. to do week in and week out. At some point, your offense has to pick up the slack, pick up their end, and they've struggled to do that. That falls on the head man. So this yeah. guy isn't falling. They can definitely improve. But what we've seen to this point, uh, six games in, it's been very consistent that the offense is very lackluster. Yeah. And once the offense gets its stuff together, they should be just fine. But it's like, now's the time. Um, Miguel says, Jed York being passive aggressive by bringing Harbaugh this weekend against the Chiefs. Harbaugh can definitely develop Trey Lance. I mean, he did a he did a. I mean, Colin Kaepernick never got hurt. He never ran Colin Kaepernick between the tackles like that. I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I really liked about him, the whole, like, you know, hitting Yep, the, yep, yep. Pumping him up. Not, not like that, cutting like him down. Like, to me, yeah. like, as a player, it's like, all right, let's go, coach. Like, yeah. you know, you just get, like, a different vibe. Aside from yep. a coach that just be like, you know, just walking around, cussing you out. Run the yeah. F and play. Like, you know, yeah. all that. It's like, yeah. dude, like. You Set know, your F and feet. Yeah. And going back to Jake Plummer's comments on the dad talking about yep. he never felt like anything he did was good enough. Right. And I think there can be some of that. Now you got to be a pro. You make a lot of money. But, you know, there's just... It's true. Some, Kyle's some a micromanager. That. His dad was too. And if you think about what Kyle and his dad did, I mean, his dad won a Super Bowl with the 49ers because he was the offensive coordinator of a team that was stacked. And what he did was he replaced Roger Craig and Tom Rathman with Ricky Waters and William Floyd. He replaced their running backs, and that was 
enough to win a Super Bowl. Then he goes uh, from there to Denver and gets, you know, older John Elway and brings in some running backs and wins two Super Bowls. Like that's what the that's what the Shanahan's do. You give them a Hall of Fame quarterback with a great defense, they'll bring in some running backs and they'll complete the team. But if you need them to like pick the quarterback or develop the quarterback, no, neither of them have ever done it. Ever. And I think there's a reason why. One more question, then we'll move on. David the Prankster says, Grant, I'm so happy fans are waking up to Kyle. He's the definition of insanity. He calls the plays in uh, section of the field to increase injury and then will complain about the injuries. He chews the 53. It is on him if the next man up can't perform. Yeah. He and his dad use the injury excuse a little too freely. I think it bugs me. You know, yeah, it's fo- yeah, it is football, but uh, you're the most injured team in the league. Look at your decisions. I mean, the way he didn't take any responsibility for rushing Trey Lance between the tackles, I think, was kind of a microcosm of his problem. Like that wasn't your fault at all. There was not that was a perfect play. Okay, then. Well, you got to live with the consequences of being. He could have handed team. it off. So. Uh huh. Sure, Hunter. Thank you. We're gonna get to the rest of your questions in a second. I want to ask Eric about this upcoming game, Eric. I think. I don't think anyone's picking the Niners to win this game other than maybe Niner fans and Niner analysts. I'm thinking about picking the Niners to win this game. What are you thinking? Is this game going to be closer than people expect or are the Niners about to get uh, boat raced? I think it definitely can be close. Uh, My biggest issue is same issue I had heading into last week. Does your defense have to be the number one defense ever to stay competitive in this game? And if that's the case, then your chances of winning are slim. Because right. you can't count on your defense to hold this team to 24. Not saying they can't do it. Yeah. Now, they, they can. But I don't think you go into a game saying, all right, guys, we hold them to 17 points like we've done everybody else, or 10 points or whatever, we no. win this ball game. Absolutely I don't not. Think you, I think you go in there saying, we all right, get guys, we have to score <laughs> points. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. What, if we get a great performance by our defense, awesome. We have a good uh, idea of what we want to do schematically. Our game plan is good. is going to have these guys coached up. But just in the case of... Uh, uh, some plays happen that we can't account for because Mahomes just does Mahomes things. We got to make sure that we can back our our defense and score points. My issue is they have not proven that they can really score points. We did see it in the Panthers game, but you also saw two touchdowns come from one, a pick six, and then another one where they had got a stop on like their own, on the Panthers' own three-yard line. Then the 49ers just ran the ball and scored, right? So, uh, again, I think the 49ers have to be better offensively, and I just haven't seen... I haven't seen that version of the 49ers yet. And and I hope it is this week because yeah. that's what it's going to take for the 49ers to win. If they do that, then definitely they can win. But I think right now it's trending towards they haven't been able to do it. <laughs> okay, let's look at this matchup a different way. Let's look at it from Kansas uh, City's perspective because we know the Niners. But you also know the rest of the league, and I've been studying up on Kansas City, and this is what I've noticed about them. They have a really good run defense. It ranks really high, which is a good place to start when you're going against the Niners because they usually only win when they run the ball well. So they got a good D-line. They, they statistically good against the run. Um, they have the worst pass defense in the league. They're, I mean, the, the quarterback rating given up, 107. Number, I mean, it's 32. They've uh, given up 15 touchdown passes, and they've intercepted one pass. They can't cover anyone so far. Good D-line, but their back seven coverage is terrible. Then on offense... No Tyreek. Their wide receivers aren't going to beat you. Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. At least, yeah. I mean, they're new to the offense. It just seems like they haven't really become serious weapons yet. And then Kelsey's great, of course. But if Jimmy Ward plays, even with a even with a cast, I mean, that's a pretty good matchup. Better than Hafunga. Better than most safeties against Kelsey. And um, that's all I got. I feel like this defense that from Kansas City isn't that good. And I don't know what the Niners are going to do, but... 
they should be able to get some big plays in the passing game, even if they're balanced with their run pass. And if you look at what the Raiders did, the Raiders were able to not only get big plays in the passing game, but in the run game as well. Josh Jacobs looked like Ezra and yes, James. He did. Yes, he uh, did. Running the rock, you know. That's so uh, you know, although their de- their run defense can be very good, what did the uh, Raiders do to counter that to where they that's had so much success? That's so that's that's where I'd be looking at. Okay, we know we want to run, we know we want to pound the rock. How do we do it? And then obviously you want your passing plays to work off of your run looks, and then maybe you can have even more explosive plays. And then Eric Crocker can stop complaining about the offense not scoring enough points, especially in the second half. I have a suggestion to get this offense going. Just go to the shotgun. For whatever reason, the under center stuff isn't working this year. I mean, you can look at the, at the splits. It's, it's stark. I think four point something yards per play from under center, 3.8 yards per carry and like 52% completions. Just get out of under center because your center's no good. Your guards are young. Uh, Jimmy's slow-footed. He doesn't want to be under center. You're not doing play action from under center. So when you're under center, you know that the pass plays are going to suck and you're probably just going to hand off. And there's gonna, Just get out. Because when you go shotgun, they're they're averaging six point seven yards per play, like five point eight yards per carry, and now they they can get, they can get use check and Kittle both pulling. They can get some gap scheme stuff. I think that's the ticket for them. And I think if Kyle does, don't wait until the bye week to figure that out in two weeks. The stats are right there. Get in the shotgun. Um, you should be you should be able to run the ball and also get Jordan Mason involved. You're not going to win this game just handing it off to Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson Jr. Get Jordan Mason so, involved, please, or Ty Davis Price, one of them. So if you're able to pull those numbers, and that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Why why aren't they looking at it the same way? Because Kyle's so I don't know. I mean, because Kyle's so stubborn and his scheme is being under center. But if you're not, if if Jimmy's gonna, you know, veto the play action or like they don't do very much play action where Jimmy turns his back to the defense. So if you're not gonna do that, I don't understand what the advantage is of being under center. The defense just I mean, there's so many things they know you're not gonna do. Right? You're a defensive player and you you know their tendencies. When they're under center, they're not doing play action. And it's like, okay, well, they're going to do the toss or the toss counter or the stretch or the inside zone. It's like four plays, man. I just don't understand why they're stuck with it. I do. Again, it's just what it looks like to me and some of the guys I talk to. You know, I talk Mm -hmm. to my guy Greg Pinelli all the time. Mm -hmm. And there is a little bit of the not much creativity in the passing game. Now, one thing Mm -hmm. Kyle does extremely well is he understands how to uh, attack the weaknesses in defenses. He knows mm-hmm. how to use your rules mm-hmm. against you. But mm-hmm. I, it feels like, and I could be wrong, but it feels like he does that with very few different passing concepts. Right. And when His little people, shot plays, right? His shot yeah, plays. Yeah, there's like shot plays yeah. where you got the deep, you know, posted, and then you yeah. got the crosser, uh, you mm-hmm. know, underneath, and there's, there's a lot of that going on. Well, you, you go max protect, and there was a play, I think last game, they went like max protect, and the quarterback still got hit. You know, like stuff yeah. like that can't happen. So some of the execution is on the players, but maybe spreading it out will paint a much clearer picture for the quarterback. And, you know, he can continue to get the ball out of his hands quickly like he likes to, but without yeah. having to turn his back to a defense. I just feel like this could be a little bit like the Rams matchup where, you know, there's a great D-line the Niners are going up against, but Jimmy can get the ball out of his hands. He's got guys who are good after the catch, and you have a really weak uh, back seven. And I th- the Niners might be able to control this game with their offense for the first time all season. And no one's expecting it because their offense was just so bad last week. Uh, so maybe I should be – I'm stupid to expect it now. But I just feel like they've done this before. They're a veteran team. Kyle isn't terrible. He just has bad weeks. He got Jim Harbaugh in the house. It would be a great time to be the best of your version of yourself, Kyle. And you can do this. Get in the shotgun. Scrap your offense. Win the game. <laughs> 
That's my suggestion. Win. Y- yes. I <laughs> Now I hope that's the case. I hope that's yeah. the case, but again, yeah. to me it goes back to the offense, which is their their baby. And why you hire an offensive-minded head coach, and right now that's lacking. So it's just hard for me to have that confidence. And I hope so. Listen, y'all, in the chat, I am as big a 49er fan as any of y'all. I hope they win. It's just I I keep holding my breath for this offense to get it together, and it hasn't happened yet. But maybe uh, week seven they they can get it done. So the two coaches in the league who've been coaching the longest without a ring, head coaches, are Kyle Sanhan and Sean McDermott. And I think there's... When you get into year six and you have no ring, there's pressure. So even though Sean McDermott's doing well, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but the, I mean, he's going to hear about it. So the, the reason that Sean McDermott to me is much more on solid ground than Kyle is because Buffalo's defense is really good too. They have a great defense. He's holding up his end of the bargain. Um, Kyle isn't at this point. That's right. a problem. Yep. That's, right. that's actually a good, a good point because you look at yeah. Buffalo, the defense plays well. They have no run yeah. game, but still, obviously, you know, they have a terrific quarterback. And yeah. they figure it out. And even then, you look at some of the things that they do, I feel like, man, like, this guy's wide open, this guy's wide open. And then when things aren't wide open, the quarterback just makes a play. And uh, it, it feels a little bit more free-flowing uh, of an offense, even though they can't even run the ball. They suck at running. <laughs> they really do. Um, I'd be interested, the two, the two offenses that I'm most interested in right now are them, Buffalo and Philly. So if you're looking for a coach – I don't know, from one of those two staffs. Ken Dorsey's interesting, but as you pointed out, they don't run the ball well at all, so something to look at. It might be personnel, might be scheme. Hunter says, hey, Grant, appreciate the content. Curious, why does Mr. Lowell call you Iggy? Everyone that knew me before college calls me Iggy. I always felt like Grant was too grown up when I was a kid, and it was my, like, family name. (laughs) Hi, I'm seven. I'm Grant. It just seemed like too much. Grant uh, Scott Short says, think Jim wears the iconic pants for the reunion. Oh, that would be tough. 100%. 100%. Probably just went to Walmart and picked him up right now. I wonder if he's going to wear Niner stuff. I wonder when the last time he wore it. When he went off the field, what I heard is in his, he came off the field the last game, went into his uh, office, took off his Niner sweatshirt, and threw it in the uh, trash can and left. So I don't know if he's ever worn anything since. <laughs> David the Prankster says, I also want to say the Niners should look at Ken Dorsey before the Cardinals do. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I have a feeling Ken Dorsey's going to be a head coach next year if he doesn't blow it the next half of the year it's got a good start so far joey says would you bring uh raj on the show i've never met raj but i probably would yeah do you know raj yeah raj is cool yeah he runs a i mean i think he has over like two hundred thousand followers on instagram on his uh page yeah he's a, he's right. a cool dude well if eric says he's cool then yeah sean says kyle's offense can't put up points i think the players aren't bought in anymore their body language shows it on the field he's lost the locker room um Wow. Uh, well, let's let's see. Hold on. Let's see what happens this week against Kansas City before we say. That. I think the players are bought in. Yeah. I don't think they're not bought in. I, I think they are in tune with what's going on. They just there's a lack of execution. Yeah. Maybe they kind of felt that hey, if we're gonna sit half of our starters against Atlanta, how sold out are we to win this game? It just kind of felt like a hey, you know, we're we're okay losing this game kind of vibe. I don't think they feel that way this week. All of a sudden, it's all hands on deck. It's a different. I don't expect them to be lackluster. I actually kind of think they're going to win this game. And I'm, getting, I'm mentally preparing myself for them to win this game. Because everyone's going to say that, that they're Super Bowl contenders again. And I'm thinking, hold on. Hold on. They're very talented. We all know this. But look at Kansas City. This Kansas City team is not the same one that beat them in the Super Bowl at all. In my opinion. It is not. Um, got a couple more. 
Not having Tyreek Hill, that does. I mean, a, a lot of it goes through Travis Kelsey. A lot of this office. Their run game yep. is, and this is talking to somebody that does a lot of underdog fantasy, promo code yeah. Rocky. But, yeah. uh, you know, I do a lot of player props, and I always pick like the under on a yeah. lot of the Chiefs running back props because they. they they don't put an emphasis on running the ball. They will run it here and there, and they'll do it. Yeah. But like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the second half, he had five carries. Yep. Right. Like you know, and then you might get McKinnon to get like two carries, and right. then uh, Pacheco might get two carries. But they're not really right. like like running the football isn't a part of their true identity. It'll be interesting to see if Jason Verrett plays. I mean, if if he plays and he plays well. And he can play the rest of the season next to Traverius Ward. Yeah, that would be huge. This, yeah, that would be huge. The Niners just might have that great defense again. Johns George says Harbaugh overachieved with his squad, but Kyle is underachieving with his. Kyle's offense is super complicated. Stars need to align to score points. And you need to be on the team for like seven years to get on the field. Jordan Mason, you got to pass the SATs. You got, it's, it's like you got to pass the bar to get on the field in this team, man. From what I've been told from people that have been in that offense, it, it is more difficult than any other offense that they've been in. Yeah, that's crazy. And I wonder why I don't I don't I don't know why that is, but uh it's it's extremely dependent on timing. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's tough cuz once hence, you kind of throw the timing off and then the play can kind of be screwed up. Yeah, hence the turnovers. If if it's that dependent on timing, if the timing's off, you run 65 plays again, you pass 30 times. Time's going to be off a few times. Rod Simmons says, you think KS is going to attempt to debut Jordan Mason the way he did most of the second half of the season Super Bowl year, trying to repeat history. Maybe maybe he's saving him. I don't. I just don't understand why he's on the team if you're not going to use him. You gave him. A, you you cut Trey Sermon for this guy. Why? Can we bring back Tart with our injuries? Yeah, if you give him two million dollars, maybe three. I don't think he wants to play. He does, but only he, not for the vet minimum. We made that clear. I'm not playing for the yeah. vet minimum. Yeah. I right. he, yeah. I I think the first year out of kind of. You know, not making the money that you're used to making. I think guys yeah. kind of push back on either making vet minimum or even the practice squad money. But then that next year, they're like, all right, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take I it. miss football. I feel you. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll take the. We'll, we'll see. But I've always liked Tart, man. I think he's a good football player for sure. Hold on. Carson says, who wins, healthy Shanahan team or Harbaugh's? Healthy Shanahan team. What, for the one week a year? I don't know. Who Harbaugh's team had a good offensive line. That was the thing about it. It had a, the best offensive line in the league. In 2012. Yeah, they're moving bodies. Um, I mean, she invested too. Anthony Davis, Mikey Potty. I was like, Staley. how is John taking Des Bryant? <laughs> I was yeah. upset they passed over Des. They, who they, they took your potty over Des or they took Anthony Davis over Des? I don't remember. It was one of them. I mean, I guess essentially both of them. <laughs> yeah. If you remember, though, like Anthony Davis, he was, when he got hurt, that was the end of the, of the, of the, of the, the franchise pretty much. They didn't have him in 2014. They replaced him with Jonathan Martin. They couldn't really run the ball anymore. Yeah. That was that was rough. Grant, you're a jinx. Stop picking the Niners for good. <laughs> you got to pay me millions of dollars to stop picking the Niners. Sorry. I do it on purpose. What will it take for Shanna Bland to, to play Jordan Mason? I don't know. Uh, reverse psychology. Don't play him, Kyle. Voice ad agency says only way we win this game is if every club in the Bay Area gives free bottle service to anyone playing offense for KC. Man, that's bleak. I, I'm telling you, man. I... Marquez Valdez Scanling and Juju Smith Schuster shouldn't shouldn't beat the Niners. It's all about stopping Kelsey, and I think with Ward yeah. they can do it. Well, I I actually think Kelsey gets his, but you okay. got to make sure that the others don't. Guys beat don't. You. Yeah. So don't let 
Juju beat you. Don't let Valdez Cantlin yeah. beat you because Valdez, yeah, it, the, he has a big play in him. Juju has a big play in him. So, okay. but Juju Cantlin, if 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 Kelsey has his eight catches for ninety three yards, yards and a touchdown, zero touchdowns, or, zero or, touchdowns or, or is zero. what you want. Cool, yeah, but you can't yeah. let Juju have a hundred, which That's I think true. he had last week. Okay, and Valdez Cantlin have big plays like That's you true. can't have that. That's what the Niners did to the Rams a few weeks ago, right? Like they right. they gave up like 15 catches to Cooper Cup, but he didn't score, and no one else did anything on that team. Right, right. That's a good blueprint. Zay Torres says, "I have my doubts about Kyle, but he usually comes through once people start questioning his ability. Seems like the environment he likes to remind people. That's what I'm saying, and I'm not going to pick against him this week. I'm not because if I pick against him and he beats the Chiefs, then everyone's going to say I have to apologize to him. I'm not doing that. Not this week. Not week seven. <laughs> I think he's going to win. Hell no. I've seen him do this before. I know he can do it." John Zach says, is it safe to say McDaniel was the offensive genius? His offense looked lost without him. Again, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not talking reckless this week because Kyle's, he could win. I'm not, I'm not that confident in the Chiefs. I'm not putting my entire reputation on the back of Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo this week. Not happening. All right, I got a question for you. Should the Niners trade for Christian McCaffrey? Oh, that's a good one. Now, if we're just saying without me knowing, you know, the cap ramifications and all that type of stuff, uh, I, I have a couple of issues. One, he struggles to stay healthy, and that's yep. been the 49ers' biggest issue as well. So, do you, you know, we talk about Gan Kinlaw and him only mm-hmm. having one good knee when he was drafted and, like, the injuries that have happened since then. So, it's was like, well, do we take, you know, trade, whatever you might have to give up for McCaffrey, which that's a whole other story. I don't even know what you would have to give up. But for a guy who has shown, hey, man, I struggle to be healthy. And then you already have Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell, I think he actually runs very well. When he was playing against uh, the Chicago Bears, I'm like, I'm like, man, this is like Walter Payton Jr. He's moving, yeah. he's smooth, and he, oh, he's hurt. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. If you told me, Croc, I can guarantee you that Elijah Mitchell will stay healthy for the rest of the year, then I'd say I wouldn't give up the capital and money to go get McCaffrey. But if you're telling me, Croc, we can't count on any of these motherfuckers. Then I'd say, man, just throw as much resources as you can at the running back position. Yikes. I don't know. I'd like to see Jordan Mason get a shot before you give up another day two pick for a running back. I mean, they did it with Ty Davis Price, Trey Sermon. It's getting very expensive. And now you're giving up a day two pick for a guy who's going to be making like $16 million a year. I mean, very expensive. And you haven't shown that you're the kind of organization that can keep players healthy. Like, if this were a team that had, like the Rams— the Rams have shown they're pretty good at that, or whatever team has had a good track record with that. They could sell it like, hey, you know what? Come to our franchise. We're what you need to extend your fr- your career. That's not the Niners. I mean, they should have some self-awareness on this one. If they if they get Christian McCaffrey, I think it would be a big mistake. I would I'd say rather go get Brian Burns. If, if you're following the trends, the 49ers, the more they've invested in the player, the least they've gotten out of it, the least <laughs> they've invested in the player, the more they get out of it. So when you look That's back so at Tevin Coleman and, and – uh, and the McKinney. guys that they drafted high and all that is always the six and undrafted guys that end up they end up getting the most out of. So uh, maybe you do stay away from them and just play, play Jordan uh, Mason. Uh, Jordan kid. Mason, yeah, Jordan Mason. <laughs> play the kid. Somebody asked the kid me too is. before the season. Uh, shout out to my guy Mike from Nothing But Niners. He he called me and asked me who leads the Forty ers in rushing. I'm like it's going to be Jordan Mason. Yeah, and I don't know eventually. why or how, yeah. but it's going to be him. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll get his shot eventually, and he won't give it up. Sean says, "Kyle, where's TDP Mason and Gray? Why no reps?" Yeah, man, like you got. Come on, play your rookies, man. It seems like he only plays rookies if he has no choice, and then they play well, and he's like, "Wow, I'm so surprised." I guess I'll keep playing you. Hafunga should have played last year. You can't tell me that he went from scrub to freaking. 
pro bowler. Like, nah, he should have been playing. Too conservative. Saying. Or at least figuring out a way to yep. incorporate him more than what they did. Exactly. D. Wood says, what great offensive mind who had a bad QB look great. McDaniels was the man till his starter went down. I'm just saying. That is true. And well, I think McDaniel, Kyle's Okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on, Iggy. They just said... <laughs> If McDaniel was a man to the starting quarterback went down. Like, have y'all heard how people talked about Tua prior yeah. to this season? True. He True. was a bum. Bum. Nobody liked him. He sucked. He's a bust. He was a top five pick. He's terrible. Coach and now fired. all of a sudden, well, you know, McDaniel shows up. He believes in him. Oh, man, he's the greatest. He's the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen. And he's playing at a high level. And then, yeah, okay, once he goes down. But I think the part there is getting the most out of your players. It comes back to that. Yep. Can you get the most out of your quarterbacks? Yep. And however you go about doing that. Tua, I'm, yeah. I I hear, I heard all of it. I don't just pay attention to 49ers, pay attention to everybody. I'm in the spaces. I listen just to mm -hmm. what they're saying about other teams. Tua was a bum. That was the narrative. Yep. He yep. sucked. I and said, McDaniel I like shows him. up, and all of a Breeze sudden. life into him. Now all of a sudden, well, he looked great until his quarterback went down. The quarterback that everybody said was a, bu a bum. Yeah. Before this season. Yeah, before Tua got hurt, you can't – I mean, you have to agree that McDaniel was getting the most out of that offense. Right. I mean, he was. And Kyle maybe had got – he got the most out of the 2016 Falcons offense. He certainly did, but he's not right now. And it's early. And, you know, I'm sure he was totally thinking Trey Lance and 11-on-11 11 11 football and zone read and yada, yada, yada. Dude, you've coached Jimmy Garoppolo for five years. No excuses. Figure it out right now. Don't wait till the bye week. That's all I'm saying. And also, it's not just the starting quarterback that went down. It's the starting quarterback that went down. They have a high-priced backup quarterback. He went down, and then now they're playing with somebody. I can't think of his name. I don't know where he went to school. I don't, know. I don't even know who this, he could. He could be Grant Cohen for all I know. I don't even know who this guy is, but that's who their quarterback is right now. It's not. Edgardo says Juju had two TDs last week. We can't let that happen. True. Right. Yeah. True. And, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, the Chiefs lost last week. They generally don't lose two games in a row. It's going to be a hell of a game if the Niners show up. Um, all right, last topic. I want to revisit this 2021 quarterback draft class. It's way too early to say anything about Trey Lance, but he was part of it. And part of the reason the Niners traded up was the feeling at the time was this was the best quarterback class since 1983 with John Elway and Dan Marino. And just gets one of these guys and it'll be okay because all five of them are great. Well, so far, sort of halfway into year two, none of the five has really established himself as a excellent quarterback in fact all of their numbers are pretty middling um and there's excuses and reasons what do you make of the, are you surprised and what do you make of this uh development well they try to prepare you for that right when you see five quarterbacks get taken in the first 15 picks it's like well only two of these guys are likely to pan out right like that yeah. that's what that's just at best just the odds at best you have yeah. to figure out who are those guys going to be and i'd say most people would lump uh uh, quarterback Mac Jones into that just because you felt like it's still it might not be high but until it's floor until Bailey Zappi started balling and I'm like mm, is is Mac Jones still the starter on that team I don't know yes, <laughs> right. right yes yeah right and, yes. and Mac has had his uh, uh, a lot of downs as, as Especially well this there's year. been a lot of yeah. uh, really weird moments for Mac Jones yeah. but you it, it is tough because you want to see these guys have a true opportunity and it's still kind of early especially in like year two i look at trevor lawrence i think lawrence has done a lot of really good things but also there's been a lot of bad 
Now, yeah. maybe it's this, the circumstances around him where there's inconsistencies, and finally he's getting a coaching staff, a coach that believes in him, and you start to see a little bit better, then, oh, man, he has a dip. And you look at some of these other guys, you see some of the same things. I would say this. The the guy that I'm more, I don't want to say bullish on it just not working out, because I, I could see it. But, gosh, between Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, yeah, it's it's really tough for those yeah. guys right now because now they played they played a good amount, but it's just I have no idea at all, and I have no idea what Trey Lance is either. But we just I mean he's only played four games, but with those guys that actually have played and what it looks like is like I I still I just need more from really both of them. Now the Jets, fortunately for them, they they're four and two right now. And and that's 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 great, right? And now it kind of gives you that leeway of just going through, you know. But they just won a game where Zach Wilson threw for 100 yards. Yeah. So, I think um, Zach and Justin Fields. I'm probably a little bit, and well, Mac Jones, and not in a bad way, but mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit more bullish on. I think what I'm seeing is a little bit more of what they will be. But I, I'm trying not right. to, you know, just rush the judgment just yet. But it looks a little funny. My question to you is, with these guys sort of struggling their first couple of years, I mean, some of them may turn out to be great, but if they don't, is the evaluation process off in the NFL with the quarterback position, or is the coaching development process off? It's got to be one of the two. Or these the, quarterbacks are just young. I think the rush on quarterback development and okay. How, okay. It, how it has to look. Yeah. Because when you look at a lot of these other guys, and again, you're going to have the outliers so you see what you know burrow or or herbert which herbert i don't know he loses a lot of games but he, he does did. some special stuff but yeah. you see some of these guys that just hit the ground running and i think you just think that all guys are supposed to look like that and and that's mm -hmm. just not going to be the case so um ideally these guys i think my guy quincy avery says it all quarterbacks need to sit like all quarterbacks. He's hmm. like, there shouldn't be any quarterbacks that come in and start because there's just too much going on, especially when you get drafted to a crappy situation, which a lot of these guys Yeah, have. but it's it's so hard for a team to sit a first-round pick at, at any position in the, at, in today's NFL with that rookie contract scale. Well, just, there's so much the pressure. Issue. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's the issue where yeah. it is hard, but yeah. it's really needed. But you mm. just can't you, – there, there's such a rush. So now we're, we got to make judgment yeah. on – you know what I'm saying? These guys early on, and everybody's doing like everybody's gonna look at that class and ah, bust. And it's like, man, you're a year and a half in. Some of these guys have played more than others. There've been a lot of injuries and banged up. You've had coaching changes. Guys getting fired middle of the year. You got a coach that's kicking punters on the ground. Like you got a lot of weird stuff going on with these with these guys. And it's like, none, well, none of that matters because you you're young. You gotta you gotta play. You gotta win. And I just think that the the expectations are a little too rich for a lot of these. Uh, guys that are coming out and that's going to continue that's not going anywhere whether it's that class or this upcoming class which I think there's some talented quarterbacks in this upcoming class but there you, you better make sure that you go to the 100% perfect situation for you which I think Mac Jones did and I think they also proved like hey man we can find another guy that's pretty similar to him but yeah well, with Trey, I think it's an interesting comparison because he so he's trying to replace Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo sat for three years or more and when he finally got to play with the Niners, four years. he was, he, yeah, he he was like 20, years, yeah, four years, yeah. three and a half for sure. He was like 26 years old and he did win his first seven starts. And that's a big reason why Niner fans will always have, will always love him more than anyone else. I mean, that's his team. Uh, and so for Trey, like he kind of needs to be at that level of development or better to win over the, the fan base and the franchise. That's tough. 
And so what's he going to need to do, sit for four years? I mean, it was it's pretty tough. He, he seemed a little rough around the edges when he got on the field, as he was supposed to. But Niner fans, were, I, I always some of them were a little upset about it. Like, these just little keys, right? And, and it's easy with Trey Lance because, you know, I get to see every throw, every play, right? Some of these other guys, you know, I'll watch games and just be like, oh, look good, oh, look a little rough, mm-hmm. or whatever. And Trey has had his rough moments, but because I've gotten the chance to see every single throw, I'm like, man, I have seen him get better. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen him do things where it's like, man, you know, I watch him mm-hmm. against the Seahawks. He steps on the field as a, as a rookie, and, man, mm-hmm. this ball is flying all over the place. Choo, yep. you, like, ball hit the ground, one hop. You actually stop seeing those things. Like, I, yeah. I, you know, whether it was the Arizona game, you did see it in the air mail, then it's like, okay, can he get better from there? Then you watch him against Houston Texans in the regular yeah. season, and it's like, wow, where are the bad misses? You see him start to improve on some of those yeah. things, right? Then you Go back and watch Jalen Hurts when he was a rookie, and he was like getting peppered in for it, – it wasn't pretty all the time. Right, and, yeah. and I saw uh, uh, Lance progressively getting better at all the things that I had questions about. Right, yeah. and and it wasn't oh, not even close to a final product, but just where he started, and then where he's at now, and then where he's at. Okay, then okay, I see this. Oh, that was rough against the Houston Texans in the preseason. Then he comes out and he plays lights out. I don't want to say lights out. He missed a throw. He played very well for three quarters until a monsoon hit in Chicago, but he played yeah. very well. And then he comes out. Oh, again, then he played terrible once the monsoon hit. Terrible guys. Yeah. And those balls start flying around. I was there. Yeah. It was it was a bad kind of setting and yeah. then you watch him against the uh the seahawks and it's like i i see the growth he dropped back yeah. boom ball out of his hand accurate throw to brandon Ayuk. he has a nice yeah. catch and run he gets blitzed uh free runner right in his face he doesn't bail on the play he throws an accurate pass to the running back and mm-hmm. then he gets hurt running the ball so i saw this progressively like small wins that you would have liked to see for a whole year, and you just don't get it because he got hurt, and that's tough. That's the toughest thing. Is like Trey Lance does have the potential to become a great quarterback and the best quarterback in this class, but it just it just feels like Kyle Shanahan wasted two years of his development. Still, he's really young and he has time, and it, I wouldn't be surprised if the two quarterbacks that sort of make it from this class are him and Zach Wilson, who's three and zero this year. Even though his numbers are really bad, all of a sudden. He's on a good team. He's starting to win. Maybe he'll figure it out. I don't know. I feel like Trevor Lawrence is just losing so much, and he might be losing confidence. I don't know. All I see every time when there's a, there's like a highlight of the of the Jaguars, it's him on the sideline with his hair over his face, and he's looking at stuff, and he looks so depressed all the time. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah it's you know tough, what I mean? Man. And like C.J. Beathard sitting right next to him being like, dude, I thought you were supposed to be good. Yeah, going to a tough situation and, and trying to overcome that, you got to know who you're drafting. And that's the same thing with Trey Lance. If yeah. Trey Lance is as a person who I thought he was going to be or who I thought he was as a person, then he'll overcome this injury. He'll he'll figure it out. But then you got to perform on the field and the clock's ticking. Absolutely. So I don't know. I think maybe it's maybe it's like they the the, the scouts put too much emphasis on physical traits and not enough on mental traits. I mean, Tom Brady isn't playing at 45 because of his physical traits. It's because he's smart. Um, so maybe that's part of it, or maybe this, these teams don't do a very good job of developing their quarterbacks. And it, it's it rare. Is the mental, yeah. It's the mental traits of, of their, uh, their, what they can take here. So mm-hmm. I, again, I, you know, I'm with the jets, right? I'm with the jets. Mm-hmm. I'm in this locker room. I see these first round picks and I'm not going to mention them by name, but it was very easy to see why 
this person doesn't work out, even though he has immense talent. And it wasn't because, well, he lacks something in the skill department. No, it's the preparation. It's the work ethic. Mm. So what you want to do is, what you hope you can do, is mirror the big-time physical traits with the work ethic and mindset. And that's when you get... And that's what they say about Trey, right? That's what they say about Trey. Right, that's what I'm saying. So you you have to get that. I I watched... I'm there, right, with Antonio Camardi. And he was a freak. 6'3", 6'4", 215 pounds. uh, Did not lose any sprint in any workout... Right. But, you know, I walk in there, I walk into the, uh, you know, locker room and stuff and I go, okay, maybe I'm gonna do a little contrast, hot tub, cold tub. And I look, Antonio Camardi's in there just reading a book, sitting in the ice tub. Like Mm -hmm. take every day, that was every day. He's got, he got a little reading glasses on. He's reading in the ice tub, like just chilling, reading a book. And he prepared his body to the highest level. He prepared his mind. Croc, look, this concept right here. woo. So when the physical capabilities matches the matches. mental makeup yeah. that's when you get the, yeah. the greatness now yeah. you got to be able to see that because antonio camardi was a guy how many games did he start in college none nobody remember that he was a top 15 pick by the wow. chargers he did not start and he tore his acl people forget wow. all that stuff and he still was drafted based off of hey man this guy has a lot of potential but yeah. they they got this part right and that's, that's cool. what's most important so if you got this part right with trey lance he has a chance the other stuff is all bs I want to ask you about Gino because Gino is an interesting case. I mean, he's one of these quarterbacks that was given a chance early. You could say he failed, got relegated to backup status for a very long time, now gets another opportunity in his 30s, and he's killing it. And this is yeah. kind of stuff that happened when we were kids with like Rich Gannon or Kurt Warner, although I'm not sure they were given opportunities early like Gino was, but it's a great story. You played with Gino. What was yeah. your impression of him? And are you like, surprised that he's doing this or are you kind of feel like yeah he had this in him i think gino's early issues was a little bit more of a maturity thing oh, okay where okay uh, and, and not just in, i mean he was young right i mean he's talking yeah. about 22 maybe 23 yeah. going on at that time and you got the weight of new york new york on your yeah. shoulders yeah. he's a guy who put a lot of pressure on himself as well i'm sure Thought he was yeah. going to be a first-round pick. That didn't happen. But going right? from West Virginia thing. to New York is a, is a whole different thing. Yep, It's a whole yeah. different thing. And he was lights yeah. out there. So I think yep. what we saw early on was not truly understanding exactly how I have to prepare, not okay. truly prepared to really take on an entire organization. You had a, a coaching change in the middle of that with uh, Rex Ryan and dealing hmm. with all that stuff going on there. And then, uh, yeah, you get delegated to being kind of a backup and a journeyman. But I think hmm. in that time, he learned a lot. He learned a lot about himself. He learned a lot how to prepare. If you watch Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson, as and I, people call him corny. He is right. hella corny, right? Yeah. But you can't question his preparation right. no. and how he goes about playing the game to the highest level. And if you're Geno Smith, okay, maybe I don't see the field, but I sit behind that for three years, you're going to yeah. learn some stuff. And yeah. it's like, man, I didn't learn this in New York. I ain't learned this with the Giants. I mean, I ain't yeah. learned this this whole way, you know, along the way. But now I learned it. Now I'm better prepared. Now I'm much right. more mature for this situation than I right. was early on. Right. And now the talent right. that you saw at yeah. West Virginia, although it might be a little delayed, now I'm able to just go out and be more of me. And I think that's what version of Geno Smith we're seeing right now. Well, it's interesting. Like so many quarterbacks, they're drafted in the first round. 
Gino was a second round pick, but they're drafted high and they they start right away and they're not ready and coach gets fired and the organization gives up on that quarterback and all of a sudden he's a journeyman like Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold and maybe their confidence is so shook that they'll never recover, but it seems like there's potential with these guys and they get discarded quickly and maybe some of them have something there still. It's it, the the process that this position is way too important for the league for them to be this bad at identifying and developing the position. I feel like baseball is much better at developing pitchers. There's that whole minor league system. Everyone takes their time. Football is like, yeah, it's a quarterback driven league. We need you play right away. You suck. Oh no. What are we going to do? It's like, come on. You know? I think that if teams had a minor league system where you just send your quarterback to just get the reps for yeah. two years, right? Yeah. You draft him for two years. You go, you just run this team. We're going to put, you know, whatever. And then, okay, hey, he's ready. Let's bring him up. If the NFL was ever able to do something like that, which they might not because they invest too much money in quarterbacks. It's such a good could, idea. The quarterback product would be so much better. They used to have NFL Europe. They don't got it. Yes. When we were kids, they yep. had NFL Europe. Yep. They don't got that no more. But if they had that and they were able to send it, hey, don't worry about the 49ers. You go do this. It's the same plays, etc. Just go play for two years. Learn the game. Mm-hmm. Like Learn how to be a leader. Learn all these yep. things without the pressures of having to take the 49ers. And we're not going to bring you up at all in your first two years. I think the, the success rate of quarterbacks would, would be much higher. Agree. And you know, like that's what happened to Garcia. He didn't make it right away. He went to Canada. He balled out. He got to play. He got the reps. Warner, Kurt Warner went to the uh, Arena Football League, really? balled he played, out. He played for the Iowa Barnstormers. And what, the way I think about it is like, it doesn't even have to be tackle football. If, if teams are really worried about, man, these got huge investments, we can't risk getting these guys hurt playing playing minor league uh, football, it could be freaking seven on seven. You just got to get these guys Reps against NFL speed and NFL coverages. That's what you're trying to do. I'm just saying. Yep. But they'll never do it. And I would watch it. If they had 7-on-7 seven seven in, in, in the spring on NFL Network, that would be so much better than whatever they put on NFL Network in the spring. I would watch that all day. I would too. Hey, real quick. Somebody said, Croc, you're talking about Vernon Ghostin. It was not Vernon Ghostin who I uh, witnessed. Yeah, don't I slander him that. like that. David Velez says, did we ever find out the insane record the Niners have when both D- Bosa and Debo start versus when Jimmy starts? Um, I, I think Jesse Naylor knows. I forget. But it's, that's the reason they win. Agrees. Eric says, voice ad agency. Also, those rough games were two back-to-back division games being thrown in cold. Uh, I saw great poise in Trey Lance given the situation he was in. Agree? I still he's, like him. He's, continue, he's, he's working towards it. He's working towards it. I saw this, and this is how I view it. When you watch the Bears game, first three quarters of the Bears game, yep. all right, and then the monsoon hit. So that's yep. the, that's first the, three I'm, quarters. I'm, I'll give them that yeah. mulligan with the monsoon. And if anybody that was there, y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Like it, was, it crazy. was crazy. Yeah. All right, but the first three quarters, I felt like I saw whatever I was drafting Trey Lance to be. I saw someone putting those things on display, throwing the ball down the field, to Ray pushing Ray? it. The, uh, to Jawan uh, Jennings, the the layered throw in between to three Ray guys Ray. to Ray Ray, um, some Ray. decisive throws, stepping up in the pocket, throwing a yeah. strike over the middle, first down, third down. Okay, yeah. I need to pick it up with my legs. I'm gonna do Great. that. Like the deep out route with timing to, to Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk, even though they call it offensive pilot. Like you, Great throw. you were seeing yeah. every, you were seeing it come together. You were, you were seeing it come together until the monsoon and hit. What, but, what, what what kills me is I feel like Kyle overreacted to training camp. 
Trey didn't play well in training camp, but he was going against the best defense in the league. Well, now so we know, right? It's like, yeah. yeah these dudes I, are kind of good. <laughs> I mean, Mosley was out there and Ward was out there. There were zero easy completions. He completed about 53% of his throws. It was bad. And I think Kyle's like, man, we're going to need to really run the ball with him early on to win games and move the ball. It's like, nah, man, you're going to. No, just call the game like you did against Houston last year because those are the kind of defenses you're going to be facing early on. And. I think that's that's the problem. I mean, that's that's that Seattle defense is trash, especially early in the year. They could have they didn't have to play that way early in the game, With, right. you know. Yeah. Anyway, St- Stafford was on Jalen Ramsey's podcast and said he thought he was going to SF. Says, look, look, look. I told I reported at the time that Stafford thought he was going to the 49ers. I don't report. I don't try to break news, but sometimes people tell me things, and what I heard is that Stafford and his camp. Thought they were going to the Niners. They were a little lukewarm on the Bay Area. You know how Stafford is. He's a little conservative. A little lukewarm. Didn't really know how he felt about the Bay Area. But was into it. Was into the Niners. Was into Kyle. Was going to do it. And then L.A. made a big pitch. And he was more interested in L.A. But the, he thought he was going to the Niners. I heard that wow. too. Yep. But I, I'm not going to lie. Now, here's the weird thing. Maybe you got a Super Bowl out of it. But if you look at but, Stafford right now, I don't want this this version of Stafford. And we're only talking about a year removed from all that. I'd rather have Goff at this point. No, but what I wanted to say is we're talking about developing quarterbacks. It seems like Philly did it the right way. Take a guy in round two, there's no pressure. You can sort of develop him at your pace. And look what the Titans did. They took Malik Willis in round three, t- taking their time. And he. it seems like Malik Willis has all the, the talent that Jalen Hurts has. He could develop into that. Maybe right. when the Niners draft a quarterback, don't spend three first-round picks to move up for a guy that you don't – for a college quarterback. You have to understand that there's just uncertainty when you're taking a college quarterback. You can't be that certain he's going to be good. And if, and if he is good, it'll take a long time. And there's going to be a lot of luck NFL, that goes into it. I think what we're seeing right now is at the end of the day, they all go through these uh, development curves. Yeah. And the NFL playing the quarterback position is too hard to give up three first-round picks for – yeah. A guy that hasn't played. Yeah. Uh, and that's a tough thing. And you brought up Jalen Hurts and watching him and how they went about it, especially once Sir- Sirianni. Sirianni showed up. <laughs> they started him last year no matter what. And it's yeah. crazy because Hurts actually played well last yeah. year. And yeah. I saw people and I, 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 I tweeted this out. I actually quote tweeted and I'm like, why do you give, why does everybody get the benefit of doubt uh, as it pertains to developing to everyone else, but Jalen Hurts can't? When he just had 26 touchdowns total and like five interceptions, whatever it was, it was like a, it was yeah. a good year. Went to the playoffs. It was a good year. It was. And it's like that was his first year starting, first full year starting, mm-hmm. and he had a good year, not great. And it's like, oh no, well they can't do anything with him. And, and it's like, well why can't he get better? And look what we're seeing right now. He has gotten better, and they stuck uh-huh. with whatever it was that they saw last year, even if they had to lean on certain things a little bit more. Well, it reminds me of what happened with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was trending upward, but no one really saw him becoming an MVP count caliber player that year three. And he he improved, but also they brought in Stephon Diggs. That was yep. big. And so this year, the, the Eagles bring in A.J. Brown, who is, I still think they should have drafted, uh, the Niners should have taken him over Debo. But anyway, he's that freaking good. And you you put him on that offense all of a sudden, they're elite. Him, so they did it right. They really did. They did it and right. And the problem, the thing with the Niners is, man, Trey does have more than enough weapons. It's just, it's, it's Kyle. Usage, man. It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's Kyle. It's Kyle. It is Kyle. It's on to, Kyle. To get out of his own way yeah. and just be like, all right, beat. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. Be, find be, your inner Harbaugh. Find your inner Sirianni. Find your C- inner Harbaugh and you'll yep. be fine. And your players won't be as tight. 
That's true. Uh, Josh says, have you, uh, real quick, because the thing about Harbaugh is that if people say he, he took over a stacked team. Well, the Niners have a stacked team. He knows how to coach a stacked team. The problem with the Niners is, is that they're underperforming under Kyle. Like, maybe Harbaugh's perfect for this roster. He's done it before. You know, give Kyle credit for rebuilding and building what he's done. But if if he's Mark Jackson, is does that mean that Harbaugh's Steve Kerr? Steve I don't Kerr. know. Yeah, I don't know. Josh says, have you done predictions yet? Sorry, I'm late. I don't do predictions on Thursday. I'll wait. Do you want to make a prediction today on the on the game? Nope. I mean, we don't even know which guys are going to play. Let's wait until the injury report comes out, I would have to say. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that's the show. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for being here, Eric. I always enjoy this. Appreciate y'all. Peace.